online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. That was the Libertines. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. You might have just heard the sound of our bungling oath producer staggering into the room saying, morning, sorry. Like we, like we were working in an ink factory or something. We're doing a radio programme. You can hear voices. I'm here with Matt Morgan. How's it going, mate? Very well. You look so upbeat. Why is that? Because I'm moving house and I'm, I've got a bad back. Yeah, why is that making you so happy? Oh, right, you, I thought you were being sarcastic. No, you look upbeat. You look oh, do right. I? Yeah, I'm yeah. great, actually. Right, moving right. else, I've got a great back. <laughs> so, uh, why are you moving for? Well, that's a bit of a big question, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Why, do you not want to deal with that now? Right. We don't have to deal with it now. No, no, got... no, it's fine. All right. right. You've made it sound like I've done a murder and I've got to run away. <laughs> what are you trying to hide? People are going to ask questions. Just it's going to be a hell of a show. You just move into another place. That's London life, isn't it? We're migratory. Migratory. I don't know how you say that. We move about Migratory. A lot. Migratory, yeah. Migratories. We're migratories. <laughs> oh, Lord, purgatory. <laughs> um, hey, listen, this will be a good show, won't it? Because uh, well, I always say this at the beginning, but, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Noel Gallagher. <laughs> may or may not answer the phone, who knows? Perhaps he will, perhaps he won't. But I'll tell you what will be exciting is Mr Nibs, a young lad who sort of Matt and I have enslaved, will be <clears throat> bringing us a goldfish from Birmingham. On last week's show, this woman phoned up, for, we do a bit where we help people, you know that by now, cry for help. She goes, oh, I've got a goldfish, I'm thinking of different ways to kill it. We stepped in and said, we'll have it, we'll leave it in the studio, we'll have it as our pet. It's called Christoph now, isn't it, this fish? It's called Christoph and he's on his way. Yeah, Mr Nibs, the 18-year-old lad who, uh, like, He's not really, he doesn't have to do that much for us, does he? No, he's not in slight, he's a willing participant. Yeah, a will, very much a willing participant in our mind You should get games. him to sign something though at some point. Well, in case, retrospectively, he looks back at this time and thinks that it was somehow abusive. Hang on. Hold on, they were sending they me They made me wear a hat, change my name to Mr Nibs and do <laughs> errands. <laughs> yeah, it's good, he'll be doing a power of good. Uh, you, Matt, when you cast your eyes through that window at the people behind this show, does it worry you? Mikey, the Scotch lad, off his head, look at him, you're just, he's, he's wearing... Got Big, too big for his boots now. Mikey has, because we've praised always... him and mentioned him on air too much. He wears, you know that, um, remember that advert for beds that used to have a hippo and a duck in yes. it? Yes. He dresses like the hippo. He's wearing them pyjamas that that hippo used to wear in that hippo and a duck bed ad. And he's got a t-shirt underneath it. He hasn't committed fully to the summery shirt. No, he's not, has he? He's still clinging to his, his Scotch winter. Right, so, uh, what else we got to talk about? We've got to talk about that fish, we've got to talk about... Well, oh yeah, I've done that thing at the Albert Hall. What were you guzzling drinks down for? I can you Because you bought me a cup of tea. <laughs> you sound like desperate Look at it as if it's something new to you. Yeah. You bought it. <clears throat> I've done that out of kindness. Yeah, another act of kindness. Oh, sorry, what were you talking about? The Albert Hall? Oh, yeah, the Albert Hall. God, well, we're on the subject of a ben benefactory acts by old Russ. Yeah, I've done this thing for, like, Teenage Cancer Trust. Went very well. Me and Noel Fielding done it. It was good, wasn't it? You yeah. was there. You turned I was up. There. Yeah. What do you mean I turned up? You turned up. <laughs> what do you I mean? I gave you support from the back. Yeah, and it was your idea, that good uh, space hoppers idea. Well, we, me go. and Noel Fielding raced space hoppers around the Albert Hall, not like hopping round on them. I passed one to one side, he passed one you to the other side. You should have done more. And you were a bit reticent to throw it up high. Well, uh, well yeah, it was, like, the people in the Albert Hall wanted us to throw these space hoppers into the upper echelons up to the higher balconies, but I thought that might induce some sort of death. 
What, someone might get too close to yeah, the Yeah, people edge. might go, oh, space opera and clamour. I thought it was all well and good raising money for Teenage Cancer Trust, but if they like the, the night's death toll is in the dozens, people will not look fondly back at it. Do you know what I mean? So I thought, let's just draw a line under it while people have kept their lives. It's not very Jim Morrison, though, is it? Well, you know. No, put the space hoppers down there. <laughs> Don't no one go near the edge. Is everybody in? <laughs> the space hoppers are about to be passed round. Open your mind real wide now. <laughs> yeah, well, I just don't want people to hurt themselves. Now, Matt, what interests me enormously is uh, the incident that you described while on the way to the Teenage Cancer Trust gig, where Matt was walking behind uh, our fr beloved friend Carl Barat from Dirty Pretty Things, formerly of the Libertines, who uh, opened the show for us. You were Walking behind him, you said, him and his girlf lovely girlfriend, Annalisa. And uh, this is what Matt told me. He goes, I was walking behind him, and I was walking behind him for too long to sort of go, all right, mate. So Matt felt he had to make some sort of statement, <laughs> massively overcompensated by pinching Carl Barat's arse. And Carl Barat had what Matt described as an Alan Partridge-style reaction. He went, ah, get off, I'm Andy, and sort of brandished a fist, <laughs> really overreacted. He spun round and sort of almost broke my wrist. <laughs> and then when he recognised me, it was like he had to deal with sort of going, oh, it's you. Yeah. And, oh, God, I've just done that thing where I look like a Vietnam vet having a flashback. <laughs> you weren't there. The Libertines was tough, man. You weren't there. You weren't there, man. I touched my ass. <laughs> That's really funny that he just all span around. I wonder why that is. I remember, um, uh, like, there's some girls that we know saying that uh, Carl Barat's got a very girlish ass. Now, I wonder if that is well, something from... Feels <laughs> Sexualise my act. My act was a bit of laddishness. Laddish, but I saw sort of gun. Oh, I son! That was it. It was an upbeat ass pinch. It wasn't yeah. meant to be taken as a sort of. Sort of well, I didn't expect on. to see him on the tube, so I was walking behind him, thinking, "That looks like Carl." Staring at his gorgeous peachy little bottom. Hello. <laughs> well, I just pinched the man's bum. He turned around. I thought, "Oh God, I know him!" <laughs> oh Christ! And he's going to hit me. It's time to pay the paper. My ass pinching's <laughs> finally got me in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, you pinched his ass, and he sort of reacted to it. Ah, oh, bless him. That's because I don't know why that is. I hardly got uh, the pinch. Hardly sort of. Didn't even have time to make it a proper incision. No, before there was a sort of some sort of kung fu chop. <laughs> well, well, that's any listeners that are thinking about making a grab for Carl Barat's ass. Know this: he will watch react out, with yeah. extreme prejudice. He will spin round. Oh, watch it! <laughs> <laughs> watch out, you! <laughs> oh, well done. You've ruined my trip on the tube. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to break you. Hey, I've thought of a great new game. It's called the Tube Game, but it only works if you're in London. Actually, let's forget all about it. It's rubbish. Right. So you're so <laughs> exclusive. Do you think so? I'm metropolitan. Well, uh, hold on, you could you do it for bus, Matt. You be metropolitan in other places in London, can't you? That's true, yeah, all right. Unless you're the metropolitan police, they're only <laughs> in London, can't they? That's right, if they start making arrests elsewhere, then it's uh, against their jurisdiction. So, yeah, later on we'll ring up Noel Gallagher, we'll talk about... What will we talk well, what, about? I don't think you should say that unless you've actually, you know, maybe well, you've uh, fallen uh, out with him. I ain't. I spoke to him yesterday, he was alright. Now, this is one word, but, like, so we'll ring him. Yeah, we'll what was all this that you're embarrassing me with, Carl? What about you saying about Liam Gallagher? Well, I love him. That's listen. That's, know that's this the about new my, thing that's papering over the <laughs> cracks of the truth that you.
came out of at the Royal Albert Hall. We will talk about this people. Liam Gallagher issue in the next link. Also, we'll talk about what we're going to do. the next with... link? Because well, you've got to keep the show pacey, baby. No, this because is you want in that song. Pacey. I don't want you to say this. I do want you to say this. <laughs> Matthew, when we're covering this issue, would you be very careful to highlight anything? Sure, am I allowed to mention that you said he's got thumbs that look like cashew nuts? <laughs> he has got that man. He's Why gorgeous. would you say that about Liam Gallagher? Violent Liam Gallagher <laughs> with his little cashew nut thumbs. <laughs> cashew nut thumbs with gouging away at my eyeballs. Listen, I love all of the Gallaghers. There's not a Gallagher you alive. Love cashew I nuts love. as well. So really, it's a, it's a good it's a combo package. Listen, listen. Why don't we listen to the Sugar Hill Gang? Then afterwards, I'll see if I can dig my way out of this <laughs> cashew scandal that we've created for ourselves. <laughs> listen to the Sugar Hill Gang. That were rappers delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. You listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. I ain't done my trousers up yet. I feel a bit undignified. He just went to the toilet. Well, we can't muck around in this Did game, number mate. two, I said, you've got three minutes. That song's three minutes. It's all right. I'll leave the door open. <laughs> as if, what the hell does that make the pressure higher? Well, it and... just means that if something goes on, you can shout and you'll just see me there. And I can go, right, well, you do a link from the toilet. Yes. The BBC. If I have to, Matt. If I have I'm to. I'm still not convinced you've wiped. You've oh, of course I'm very thorough with that sort of business. Thorough. Very thorough. <laughs> I can't get up. All the way around. 360 degrees. Right, the whole rim. But also, since oh. we've done that, Prostate cancer link. So the truth, my fingers up there three or four hours a day. Don't keep saying oh, that. Oh, come on. Listen, if you think you have got prostate cancer, or even if you don't, get right up there. That's my advice, Jeff. Remember, the people from the prostate cancer. Don't point cancer. that finger at me, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you where it's going. I'll do you, because I don't reckon you've been uh. examining. <laughs> I'm worried about you, sunshine. I don't know <laughs> don't what the Don't keep saying that, because you'll give me hypochondria. How can I give you hypochondria? You're worried about getting hypochondria. That's your nature. Tell me your voice. <laughs> Listen, Lenny Henry. Cashing up thumbs, like come that. on. Listen, shut up. I'm doing one thing at a time. I listened to this radio show the other day back when I was in a car journey and we don't concentrate. It's quite good. When I was in a car journey. I was in a car journey. I was being part of it. I was really <laughs> contributing to it. Hey, this is a car journey. Uh, listen, right. Last Friday, says a person called Joe, I think I saw you on Hampstead Heath out for a run with someone. I'm guessing it was your personal trainer. You were very sweaty on Hampstead Heath. You looked very flustered. <laughs> and you were with a gentleman, an older gentleman. You <laughs> Your father, <laughs> you're in a blind panic, <laughs> <laughs> smothered in guilt. I saw you ask you for an autograph, and you coughed and spluttered and ran away, <laughs> fell over a hedge. Said, This is my culture, <laughs> let me be. Can't you please let me live? Won't you just let me live? Right now, she saw me and she goes, She was listening to our podcast, look, and I was talking about the exercise stick. Anyway, you should join a running club. It's called London Heathside. There's a training around the heath most evenings. I don't want to run around with others. I'll be embarrassed. And there's no ban on carbs or booze after three. In fact, they're almost compulsory. Oh, thanks a lot. I'll put on weight and be an alcoholic again. Thanks a lot, Joe. <laughs> a few advice. Let's ring up Joe because I want to know what she thinks I looked like, whether I looked handsome running around. Because I often think I look a bit of a prat, do you know what I mean? I can imagine you do. Well, I've got me What do you wear? This tracksuit, well, I think, is a bit too big. These tracksuit? Oh. You said it like it was here, on a, <laughs> on a coat hanger. <laughs> this guy here. <laughs> I call him Captain Dan on the tracksuit. It's like a sort of a black tracksuit. The bottoms are a bit too baggy, and I wear sort of a hooded top. Then I wear a vest. I think it might be a bit too tight. Then I wear do you feel like trainers. Rocky? Do you sort of do a little few punches? I sometimes then? try and do the Rocky music in my mind to inspire me on a little bit. And that also... keeps being Hanna-Barbera. But it does Pearl and D, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off your mobile phone! 
moment. Um, yeah, let's ring up this woman. Mikey, when you're not too busy perving over your latest conquest, Mikey, I don't he's know drunk, what his job is. He's had too many E-numbers. He's come here today. drunk. He uses this job as certainly, as far as I can see, as a conduit to yeah. arouse himself sex-wise in the trouser department. Well, we know that. It's an atrocity Wear the way he lives duster. his life. You're a disgrace, young man! Right, so, um, yeah, I, I, so I'll just we'll ring up Joe later, find out if I look nice while I'm running around. Do you, does he shout at you, like, go, pick it up, and stuff like that? No, he's not like that. It's much more cerebral. <laughs> pick it up! Pick it up! <laughs> yeah, go! Utah Saints! No, he's much more kind of, yeah, well done. You know, and also you don't have to run for a minute, then walk for a minute, because that apparently it's good, gets your heart rate higher, makes you burn H-I-I-T. off more fat. Huh? I told you about that. Yeah, well, sometimes I switch off when you're talking. Anyway, so the goldfish will be arriving some point during the show. Now that woman, I think she was called. What was she called? Karen, Deborah. What was she? Mikey. What was that woman called? Get off the phone for God's sakes! Like having half a daily in the, the crow's nest. Who was the woman that that's supposed to give the car the goldfish in Birmingham, Mikey? Deborah. Deborah, the woman in uh, Birmingham, was meant to give us this goldfish that she's been plotting to kill. Didn't meet Mr. Nibs, our valet stroke manservant. She stood him up. He was there at Birmingham sta- Station. Now he's got to get all the way from Birmingham to London by the but end he's of the got show. the fish. <clears throat> she did meet him eventually. I think he has now got the fish in his possession. So why don't we, in the next link, we'll, why don't we have a chat to a few people? We'll chat to Mr. Nibs about the state of this fish, because the woman said the reason she didn't want it anymore is Deborah. and upside down. Because its wife had died. His fish wife had died, fish wife, and like it was now right proper moody and was swimming all sideways because of probably because of the duress and bereavement and probably grief. Probably one of those long poos just floating out. Do you know what, Matt? I once had a couple of goldfish. One of those crazy guys done a long poo. It was just trailing out and the, the back of it. The other one ate it. told me this so many times. <laughs> the other one swam up behind and started eating it. I'm sure this is page one of the bookie work. Why did they do it, Matt? Why did they... A lot of people say, why don't I get into showbiz? <laughs> and it all goes back to the thing I saw with a great little act to these two fish. One of them did a long poo. Looked like a bit of string or something. God knows how he did it. And the other one just ate it. Quick as you like. Live as it happened. It was wonderful. <laughs> I've never forgot those two little guys, and it is to them that I dedicate this bookie book. Guys, <laughs> this one's for you. you Read on. That going on. What about your rats? One it ate the other one's whole body. <laughs> That's worse. All my pets eat bits of each other. You drive them to it. <laughs> I do, don't make you me blow hot and cold with them. I do not blow hot and cold. Oh yeah, then there was that dog who used to coax up the stairs and exactly. then kick it down. That is apologise to him when it got to the bottom. Cold. Literally hot then cold. Well, not literally. I mean. No, cruel, then pleasant. Yes. But as uh, Ernest Hemingway said, My father was a very sentimental man, and like all sentimental people, he was also very cruel. Interesting, eh? Because I suppose if you understand, like a little kitten, Look at you, it's really sweet. You could also go, mm, you're very sweet. That's what I think of Morrissey. I could jab you with a pin. What, my cat? No, not your cat. The oh, man Morrissey. Morrissey. You think Morrissey, the I performer? Think he, yeah, because, you know, I bet he's quite acerbic and nasty, but What's he can also be very sweet. Romantic and beautiful, because he sees the beauty, you think he has the capacity for great cruelty. Yeah. Oh, no, not Morrissey, the man. <clears throat> well... Yeah. Cat, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried that you try stuff on with my cat because he's a bag of nerves when you turn up. But what? That, Last well, time I saw him, he looked, well, frankly, dead. <laughs> he's all right now. He had his paws over his ears. Like, he couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> He'd just given up. He's all right now. He's picked up again. That's because since he had his nuts cut off. Now, listen, come on, we've got a lot of important issues. This goldfish will be coming. We'll be talking to Mr. Nibs about that. Also, what an important topic it is that uh, Bannatine, 
Duncan Bannatyne. Remember oh, we God. had that? We had like two shows ago when we had Stephen Seagal in here. He, this was all fixed up by, for us by this bearded cowboy agent guy called Richard Hillgrove, who also had as one of his clients. Uh, he had Bannatyne, Duncan Bannatyne out of Dragon's Den. I think it's Bannantyne. Bannantyne. It's a Duncan weird Bannantyne. name, though. Isn't it? I can never tell where it's called. Like I always think it makes me think of Bruce Banner, the Hulk because it's just got similar syllables in it, and then I just think of Duncan Bannatyne walking off sadly at the end of Dragon's Den. Dun-dun-dun-dun, Duncan Bannatyne. <laughs> if you've got an invention, he might get right across about it. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. So, uh, anyway, we thought it was odd that Richard Hillgrove had such diverse clients. Steven Seagal, Duncan Bannantyne. That's odd, but isn't what it? The, the horrible crux of the matter is that you did an impression. Yeah, oh, hello, Bannantyne. it's been an invention. Don't do it again. Oh, no! Yeah, now Duncan Bannantyne got upset about and me. sacked the cowboy. Cowboy's been fired. He sacked that poor Richard Hillgrove. Is that who's on the phone? Is that who's on the phone? That cowboy. Look no. at Mikey f floundering. Joe, what the woman that saw me on the heath? Right. Okay. So we will be result. What I think we should do, Matthew, is we should try and get Duncan Bannantyne and uh, Richard Hillgrove, the bearded cowboy agent to the stars, back in touch with each other because yeah. we've caused the rift. We saw it in the paper. We'll read out that exact clip in a little bit when perhaps, that goon perhaps Mikey them on a gondola in. and Mr. Nibs just rowing it slowly. Yeah, wearing like wearing like a shirt and sort of waistcoat and a straw hat like a proper gondola, but no trousers and pants, oh. and it'd be clear that he's fully <laughs> aroused <clears throat> by the spectacle. Okay, so. Um, now then, let's, let's go back briefly before resolving the Bannantyne and Hillgrove issue to this uh, lady who saw me on Hampstead Heath. Joe, hello. Hello, Russell. You're right. I can't imagine you running on the Heath. You sound like you're a wreck. You've got to sound like you've got hacking cough. That's because probably because I've just come back from a run. Now you've been on a run. <laughs> yes. On the yes. Heath. No, we're on Highgate um, Highgate Hill today. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought that you should uh, join a running club instead of going out with your personal trainer. What's the advantage of being in a running club? Because there's lots of other people around to run with. That's a disadvantage. I don't want him looking at me. Yeah, but they'd all get annoyed with him being too slow. Hey, I'm pretty swift when I'm on the hills. I've got oh. If you're at the back, nobody can look at you, can they? Mm, then I've got to look at them. I think it would make me nervous. Now, listen, this is the real issue, Joe. When you saw me out running on the heath, did I look nice? You looked a little bit hot and bothered, to be <laughs> honest. I don't like that. I sounded like I, that's, I was fl flustered. That's before it started. It just had a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I don't like this gym stick anymore. I don't get along with it. So, what, I looked hot and bothered, did I? Yeah. Yeah, mm. you did. You looked like you just wanted it to stop. I did want it to stop. Why are you putting yourself through it, right? To get a super fit. I've got my visa. I'm glad to go Hollywood now. I'm off to Hollywood. Good. Yeah, I've got a visa, so now I can become, like, kind of be in this film now. So the reason I've got to do it is because I've got to be all handsome and thin to be a movie star, Joe. And I'm not right. going to get into that state, scampering up Highgate Hill with you and your cronies coming back puffing on B&H from the sound <laughs> of things. Do you still <laughs> no, drink booze? No do you drink booze and have fags, Joe? No. We drink booze. We don't have fags. Drink booze? We <laughs> drink booze and have lots of cakes. You're like pirates. What? No, not at the same time. Not like around the running club. No, it's well, like I mean, a social thing as well. Do you meet up, go for a run, then have a cake? Then have beer and cake, yeah. That's no way to live your life, is it? <laughs> I think it's an excellent way to live your life. So, hold on. So, you think anyone, there's no way I could ever, say, for example, pull a bird while out running because I look all flustered and hot and out of my depth? 
Well, maybe you could go a bit slower, and then you wouldn't. I'm not going that quick. I'm not tearing <laughs> along as it is. Perhaps mm. if you went up to a, a woman police officer and went, I've lost my mum, <laughs> you might get some conversation. Yeah, I suppose so. Listen, what I'd, uh, perhaps I should just... Was it the costume, Joe, or was it just my physical costume? demeanor? <laughs> Such a drama boy, aren't you? <laughs> was it the outfit? <laughs> or did I not look pleasant? Was it the script? <laughs> Well, and you had a ponytail. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That oh, was dear. Well, what am I going to yeah. do with that? What else did you have? An 80s mobile phone? <laughs> <laughs> Red braces? <laughs> I sell. Oh, I'll go jogging dressed as a yuppie. <laughs> Listen, all right, Joe, right, so you think it's definitely fundamental. Well, I'm going to keep doing it anyway, Joe, and I can't join your cake-scoffing running club because it sounds, it sounds uh, paradoxical. And there's it one will thing... break all your carbohydrate rules. That's right. Yeah. It will cancel it out. No point running if you're going to go and drink nah. your own cake. It's, it, I don't want to get trapped in a paradox. It's the last thing any of us need is God, a paradox. No. Oh, I've had it happen before. All right, Joe, thank you very much for your time, darling. Now get out of there and, and run off your scones. See you later. See you later. Bye. 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 Yeah, that was what I always feared, Matt, is that I don't look very good while doing exercises. That's why when you and uh, some of our mates who we worked with, work with, I got fired yeah, What them. was all that about? Well, you turned up when I was doing exercise in the garden. They come out to watch me. No, like, what some annoys sort of spectacle. Me. No, we came Like out. I was the elephant man. You, more than anyone, say I'm like the elephant man when I have to shuffle along down the streets. Here, mister, mister, why is your head so big? <laughs> Can I have some peace? The thing is, <clears throat> you, well, we walked into your garden and there was a bloke there and you're, I mean, he's a personal trainer, is he? Don't start on Mikey, he trains footballers. To be what? Uh, <laughs> a bit more fat. Yeah. No, he looks like he owns a pizza shop. <laughs> <laughs> he literally does, doesn't he? he looks he's like, really lovely and brilliant like Mario man. or Luigi. So there's this little Italian He's an guy. older gentleman now. He's fit as a fiddle. You want to see him running up that eve, especially when I grab his bum. Yeah, <laughs> he, well, he should be on a bike. I bet enough. he's on a bike, smoking. <laughs> Come on, Rusty. <laughs> Come on, kid. You're like an Italian tank. Yeah, no, we, we went into your garden, but the thing was, you didn't look at us and go, oh, lads, give us a moment. Uh, go back inside the house, I'm yeah. just finishing. He didn't even have any eye contact with us. He shouted for his PA. Marsha, Marsha, <laughs> the people at the garden, they've, they've come to see. Make them go. And we all had to, and she came out and went, oh, go back inside the house. Then we said, and then I could see him telling his PA, put them in the spare room. Pull down the blinds. And we were put in the spare room, and then she came in and went, oh, he's, he'll, be over, he'll be all over soon, and then put the blinds down like we weren't allowed to see what he was doing out there. Well, I was doing something deeply personal. Now, I as a child, what? I what? was fat when I, when I was little. I've seen you self... do every single thing that you could. What on earth? Oh, yeah, that's deeply things. personal. You've seen me poo, wee, and ejaculate. <laughs> God, that was an evening. <laughs> um, no, like, but yeah, but it's embarrassing, isn't it? Because remember, I was fat when I was little, so I'm self conscious around exercise and stuff Let like go, that. But you're not fat now. I'm thin. If anything. Brilliant. <laughs> but the, the thing you is... You should have got Mario to stand in front of you. No one would have been able to see you. <laughs> hey, I love Mikey. You'll hear this. His lad listens to this radio show. He's I'm brilliant. He's one of the top physicians on that. In this, uh, what, physicians? I don't know That's what their job... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what people do for a job, Matt. Let's not judge. Julian McKeith looks through people's whoopsies and calls herself a doctor. So who are we to cast aspersions on Mike? Who's one? He got Tim Enman back from his injury. He helped Edgier, Did Did Johnson. Yeah, all top... Footballers, top pros. Okay, well, I'll take it all back. He's Good. obviously super fit. <laughs> Stop, you're a very cynical and difficult man to work with. Now, okay, so what is it? What else have we got to sort out? Mr. Nibs is on his way down from Birmingham. We'll have him on the phone. Mikey, get Mr. Nibs on the phone for the next link, young fella, my lad. What should we do now? Have a listen to a record? Bob Dylan. Why not listen to him? Why have you got him on your mind today? Um, is this because you're moving? No. 
Is it? I'm not that predictable. You are a Home bit. Homesick blue. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then let's, let's have a listen to this, then we'll sort of trawl through some of the things we've got to work out in the world. Russell Brand Radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Bob Dylan, Subterranean Homesick Blues. I like that. It makes me feel upbeat. Does it make you feel upbeat, Matthew? Yep. This is Russell Brand on Radio 2. So I've got my visa now, so I'm allowed to go off to Hollywood, come and feel Can they star. take it back <clears> with you? Yes, yeah, so don't mention nothing mental. Like, you know, in case it upsets anyone. Hi, Russell and Matt, says <laughs> Harriet. Well, just don't say I'm it. I'm just asking, like, once you get it, is that, it's not like... I think so. Well, I like... Yeah, but I think now, but every time I go to America now, I've got to go through the rigmarole of going up the embassy, probably more drug tests, I had to wee, I had to have blood took off me, I had to have a conversation That's not with the doctor. every time we go to America. I think, yeah, but I'm not allowed to just go through, you know how, like, if you go to America, you just have to fill in that form on the plane. I was entering America illegally, because I was saying that I hadn't been a drug addict and I hadn't got a criminal record. And so that's wrong, isn't it? That's bad. Never do that, no one. Good old Merricky. I think, says uh, Harriet, that you should start a campaign to get a visa for Snoop Dogg to come to the UK and get him to start one in the US to get you one. Well, we don't need that now, which is good, because I think that would be a difficult conversation between me and Snoop Dogg. All right, Snoop Dogg, can I help you get a visa if you help me get one? I don't think he'd be interested. Also, I think that you and uh, Matt would look better if you both cut your hair. Oh, no. I don't think we would. No, we look nice as we is. Um, as we is? We look, no, that's, I think that's a bit, we look nice as we is. I think a bit of Snoop Dogg infiltrated yeah. my mind there. Let him come here. China, get out a bit. England, let Snoop Dogg in. Because I don't think Snoop Dogg would do any actual harm, would he? He's a nice no. fella. He probably... No, but he's, he was banned because he, he was part of a riot in Heathrow Airport. Hmm, so now... That doesn't look good, does you it? You mustn't do a riot in Heathrow, darling. How can he be, <laughs> how can he be in a riot with that accent and that sort of Because he seems too pacing? calm. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody, go crazy. <laughs> let's smash up some of the luggage. In... <laughs> you can't swear on radio, too. It's difficult to do a Snoop Dogg impression without swearing. Yeah, because he's too uh, laconic, isn't he, to, do, mm. to be involved in a riot. Because he'd, like, he'd pick up a Molotov cocktail and it'd sort of probably go out by the time <laughs> that he threw it. Maybe he's got two Gears like Yoda, you know Yoda. In oh, he's got that gear, that gear when he whizzes mad. around. Mm. Yeah, so maybe he goes, okay, I'm gonna go crazy. Now. <laughs> 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 yeah, he pops his joint on the sideboard yeah. and really kicks <laughs> off. Maybe you're right. Maybe he does have another gear. That's something we didn't consider about Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Dog, Doggy Dog. I think he should be allowed over here because I've always liked him since I was a younger child. Here is a letter. No, it ain't. This is out of the newspaper. Yeah, oh, oh, I just want to make sure I've cleared up everything. Right, that's it. Trying to get out of Tibet. Snoop Dogg allowed in England. Liam Gallagher's thumbs. Liam Gallagher, I love him and I'm enchanted by him and entranced by him. I get on very well with all of the Gallaghers. Now, Matthew, don't come between me and the Gallaghers just because of a few wry observations about digits. This is a letter, not a letter, article in The Independent from the 21st of March. Now, we had Richard Hillgrove, agent to Ballantyne and Seagal on this show. Seagal came on here. He was a great big, peaceful wardrobe of a man, great big giant fella. He's definitely got two gears. You can speak and see how Stephen Seagal would spring to violence in a moment. Yeah. Say, for example, if someone criticised his weave. Say, for example... <laughs> oh, you've like called Matt it a weave, <clears throat> have you? Why are you saying he's got a weave? So, say someone like Matt Morgan were, like, were going, Oh, he got plugs on his head. <laughs> and starts trying oh, to criticise no, Stephen Seagal. I just said his hair looked a funny colour. If I bump into old Seagal again, I shall hand over <laughs> your gonna... details of your new little love shack. You've learnt nothing. He's going to... Seagal will sack Hillgrove now. What? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll grow for that. No class. He'll be coming round here with his cowboy hat in his hands trying to collect coppers Chris by the end of the, the week. in a bowl of hat. <laughs> Watch him. He's going to do it. <laughs> Doing a jig to raise coppers. Yeah, so look, this is the article in The Independent covering it. So, because when um, Richard Hillgrove was on here, I think, mate, I just did an impression of Duncan Bannatyne, but I think he's, he's my favourite one out of Dra Dragon's Den. Is he your favourite one, Matt? He is my favourite one, actually, yes. I like, is him? Is oh, no, actually, I like that one there. on the end that's got, like, a big, thick head of hair and looks sort of like dead sort of like he knows what he's doing. I, like, I quite like the one with a floppy fringe who's got a diamond shaped face who's from Australia. It, what, he looks a bit like Willem Dafoe. Mm, don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, he does look like Willem Dafoe. And then I like the one on the end, the fringe is sort of like a big fella. He, he had made his millions by the time he was 18. Oh, yeah, Him, that name? one I like. Yeah. With this is just tell you what, mate. On a normal radio show, people would have gone find out the names of people like Jackson's then, not staggered through. Going, he's got a face like a diamond. Looks like the Defoe. I like Spider-Man. Um, right, so this, listen to this article from The Independent. After a beautiful two-year relationship, sad to hear that Dragon's Den judge Duncan Bannatyne, he's just Bannatyne, has parted company with his PR guru, Richard Ilgrove. Bannatyne, a fitness club and hotel mogul, who was discharged from the Navy for throwing the commanding officer overboard. That's a bit out of order. Right, up to three, everyone, man the decks. <laughs> right, F, F off, I'm slinging a bloody drink. Hang on, that must be, like... In you know that's the history of seafaring, that must be like a, a hanging offence. Throwing surely—that's mutiny. That's the, that's mutiny. What he done there, Bannatyne, and to think he has the gall to go out selling ice creams, knowing <laughs> that he should uh, chuck the seamen in the river. He sacked Hillgrove for mutiny. It's, Hillgrove's mutiny was a marginal offence. He was just witness to someone doing an accent. Imagine if Hillgrove had <laughs> tossed Bannatyne in an attempt <laughs> and had threw his cowboy at him after him. <laughs> done a little blow-off. Bannatyne would have been furious. But listen, this gives the general impression that Bannatyne probably quite hard. Bannatyne, a fitness club no-till mogul, threw his uh, command officer into the sea. He called his PR man yesterday to dispense with his services. <laughs> them services you've been doing, you can keep them, mate. Uh, Hillgrove had appeared on Radio 2 and allowed host Russell Brands to mock Bannatyne and allowed him. Would you mind, Richard, if uh, just for a moment I mocked Bannatyne? Please, go ahead. Oh, oh I've got an invention. <laughs> I won't invest a penny. <laughs> they wasn't, like, sanctioned in that fashion. Hillgrove, known as the bearded cow, Cowboy, right? And then it goes, known as the bearded cowboy for his oversized head decoration, simply because he's got a cowboy out and yeah. a beard. It's pretty self-explanatory. Beard into account, does it? Doesn't. No. Unless his beard hangs off his hat like a fake one. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. <clears throat> uh, anyway, he's known as that. He sacked he, Hillgrove sacked Chris Eubank as a client last year for being too eccentric and. And this may yet turn out to be a Bannatyne business error. Hillgrove once got the snarling Glaswegian on the news night with Jeremy Paxman to pass judgment on Madonna's adoption of Malawi baby David, some coup. That is quite interesting to think of uh, Bannatyne judging Madonna in that way, because it's a bit extra, isn't it? A bit abstract. It's quite <clears> a bit <throat> odd. It's just a big chain of sackings. Eubank. Eubank's been sacked. Hillgrove's been sacked. Some poor merchant Navy officer's been hurled into the sea for the next to no reason, for us I can work out. Now, what we were going to do is have a quick chat to Dickie Hillgrove. Is he there, Mikey? Richard, you there, mate? This is the agent to the stars, Richard Hillgrove. Hello, you there? Uh, hello, I thought... Are you all right, mate? I'm very well, thank you. You sound a little bit destitute and impoverished. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the side of the road, actually. Yeah, you sat at the side. <laughs> Begging. I'm oh. in a car. I'm not on the street. Right, OK, you've still got a car around you. That'll probably be the next <laughs> to go. That'll probably sack you. What's, what has this happened, Richard? Did, did, what did he say to you? 
that's all curious. That's what the papers are saying. They're saying that um, Russell Brand upset the Mighty Duncan, mm. and um, on, all I know is on the Monday, everything's fine and dandy up until then, and I get a call saying, your services are no longer required. You've got a new agent and a new publisher. It's like a depressing version of that Craig David song. <laughs> <laughs> I had him on Monday, he got the sack on Tuesday. I hope you're making love by Friday. I really do, Richard. I believe that's what happened to Craig. Russell, can you find me some new clients? Definitely. Me and Matt Morgan will endeavour to get you some of the better... Right, here's some of the people we know are available. Dave Benson Phillips, Kids TV uh, presenter. He wants a bit of help. We're going to be talking to him a little bit later. And, uh, who else can we get Mr. in there? Mr. Nibs. Mr. Nibs. We know this lad. He got a hell of a gift. He can do whatever you tell him. <laughs> well, imagine also, that. we know two uh, fish. One will uh, poo and one will eat it. Yeah, these guys are incredible. Now, imagine this. Two fish, they swim around in a circle. One of them, he's the ringleader. He does a great <laughs> string of whoopsie. And then the other one, quick as you like, comes up behind him, noshes it down. Now, if that's not going <laughs> to sell tickets at the Albert Hall, I don't know what will. Do Are you want, interested you in Hill Grove? Let's have a little think about it. Let me choosers, Hill Grove! Beggars can't be choosers! You've lost Bannatine! Seagal <laughs> won't be far behind! I'm trying to keep it A-list. <laughs> Fair enough. So, How about you, Russell? What? Mm, I've got real good PR people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's bad to Richard. No, Richard's well good. There's no doubt about that. I mean, as this independent thing him. makes clear. All right. How? Richard, have you ever noticed anything odd about Stephen Seagal's hair? What's in a ponytail? Anything else, else? Richard? Be honest. Pluggy, pluggy! I couldn't possibly comment. Good. Correct answer! <laughs> right, that's good. You passed that test. Now, what else can we test him on? Uh, say you was in the Merchant Navy and your commanding officer is really doing your nutting. Do you, A, politely obey his orders, you are, after all, a member of the Naval Force of which he's a commanding officer, B, bear a secret grudge but basically do nothing, or C, go up to him and grunt in loudly, wrap your arms around his midriff and hurl him into the sea? Dun, 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 I'm dun, sure I was dun, the commanding officer. Dun, 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 dun. That is the wrong answer, because he didn't support Bannatyne. No wonder he's brassed <laughs> off. Now, <laughs> apparently he's in San Francisco, drowning his sorrows. Like, I don't know what, what he's doing in San Francisco. Probably you... Leaving his heart there. Left his heart there, he's probably become a member of the thriving gay community since you've nosed his life up, Richard. <laughs> he's just living for kicks now. He's probably trying to find William Burroughs. He's living like a beatnik in the early 70s. We're going to ring up Bannatyne and try and cheer him right up. Is there any message you want us to leave for him, Richard? Um, send him my love. Send him your love. Do, do you want him back? Yeah, come here. Baby, come back! <laughs> oh, I have to think about it. <laughs> we'll sing him a nice let's, record. Let's, you should sing that to him. Baby, come this back! Baby, come back! I'm going to sing that. And so that's from you. We've got his, we've got his phone number. We're going to ring him up now. He's probably asleep because he's in San Francisco. We'll just leave it on his phone. Baby, come back! Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. We'll sing that and I'll river dance while that's happening because it seems to be what I naturally do anyway. So what clients have you got left, Richard? Um, undisclosed. Undisclosed clients left. If I mention any more of my clients to you, Russell, I'll lose a lot. Yeah, that's true. Now listen, I would like to take back Matt's comments about Seagal. Is this, this is, is that, um, Ballantyne's phone? It's ringing, I'm scared. What if he answers it? I don't know, if he, if he Duncan. answers Duncan. Right, okay, what I'll do if he answers, I'll just be normal. Let's go, hello, Duncan. Hello, Duncan. Your call has been forwarded Good. to the T-Mobile voice. If it plays his number, dip it. is not available to take your call. Right. At the tone, please record your message.
When you have finished, you, you don't have to panic, do we? Because you can always press your one to change your well, message. Right, uh, Duncan Bannatine, Duncan Bannatine, we're very sorry about the impression that we've done a yee. Duncan Bannatine, Duncan Bannatine, please consider getting back with Richard Hillgrove. This is uh, Russell Brand. Now, uh, me and uh, everyone on the show here, me and Matt Morgan, we're big fans of Dragon's Den. You is always our favourite dragon. We did do an impression of you, but it was like an, an affectionate impression, not like a malicious one. We think you're really brilliant. We love the ice cream van vibe. We're into all sorts of stuff. Now, this is a message that um, we've been asked to pass on from your cowboy, literal cowboy, though we don't mean that in a pejorative sense, cowboy agent, Richard Hillgrove. Baby, come back! Bye-bye, 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 baby, come back! Bye-bye, bye-bye, He wants you back, Duncan. He says uh, none of his clients really mean anything to him <laughs> except for you. You were holding the old operation together. He missed you like crazy. I miss you, baby. Baby, come back! Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Have a good time in San Francisco, Duncan. For God's sake, stay true. Don't drift off into becoming a... <laughs> Member of the gay community. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, it's a right laugh, but just stay with your values, Duncan. For God's sake. Love you, boy, 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 Duncan. Right, hang up, for God's sake, Mark. Before I say anything else ridiculous. Richard, do you reckon that'll win him back? If that doesn't do it, nothing ever will. If he don't come running back. That's all right, mate. I just want to see you with the client list that you deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Keep in touch with us, Richard. Uh, It's lovely to speak to you, mate. Good luck. Bye, Richard. I hope you are in a car by the side of the road and not just perched by some bins, squatting. There's a car with no wheels. (laughs) It's like Fred Flintstone, the way he travels. (laughs) All right, Richard, take it easy, mate. Keep it under your hat, eh? Ta-ra. Bye, I love you. Bye. He should stop doing business with you, shouldn't he? Oh, Hillgrove. Hillgrove's gonna. He'd be left with a lolly stick with a face drawn on it. <laughs> he will be. <laughs> this is Cardinal Lollies. <laughs> He's my new client. He's gonna be top of the pops. Well, lolly pops anyway. We can take him to the. Yeah, yeah. I don't hold out a lot of hope for Hillgrove. He was a. He's a shipwreck of a man. He's What's Ballantyne gonna think with that message? Mmm, I know. I think he might. That he might beat us up. We've. Do you know what? We got to stop winding people up, Matt. Seagal, Gallagher, Bannatyne. What if they team They're up? They're all hard. One's throwing someone in the sea. One's a naval officer. Hard. Imagine yeah. if you met a naval officer. You or I would go, oh, aye, aye, Captain. Wouldn't we? We wouldn't go. Come on, throw him in the sea, the idiot. Yeah. We'd be respectful. Then who else? Gallagher smacks Gallagher. anyone in the well, mouth who troubles him. Against me because uh, I've never said he had cash. <laughs> I think he's. I just want to say for the record, they're in a part of that man's body that I. I do not worship and adore. He has distilled sexual charisma, as his brother says, he's the last great rock star. Maybe, now, um... Whatever people have said about his thumbs... Maybe that's why he's always sticking his finger up in photos, because <laughs> if he had tried to do a thumbs up, people go, what's that? Is that a cashew nut balanced on a fist? <laughs> There's a pink tic-tac appearing <laughs> over a fist horizon. <laughs> now listen, stop it, because you'll get yeah, me in it was trouble. probably just like your, you know, it was just like one moment you looked down and thought, oh, he's got small thumbs, but he hasn't. He hasn't. He's got lovely, lovely. He's all lovely. I love Huge him. Huge thumbs. Great big things. They are like baguettes. Like big toes. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on. And who's that one? Sir He's going to do us over and all. He won't be able to get us. He's too peaceful. He won't listen to this on the radio, will he? We'll just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It will say, look, mate, come on, zen and everything. Life is transient, material world and that. Just as an elbow crashes into our windpipes. Right, so what are we listening to? Papa's got a grand new bag. <laughs> <laughs>
Papa's got a brand new pig bag. Why's he got a pig bag for? Keep his pig in it. <laughs> you should just let it run free. Let your piggies run free, baby. Come on, let's have a listen. Papa's got a brand new pig bag. I seen with it the other day. He was only, you know, I don't know what he does with that pig bag. The band's bag. called Pig Bag as well. I know. Why would you think? Why does pig bag keep coming up in someone's life so much? So um, yeah, that's we've dealt with that. I think we've dealt with that Bannertine uh, uh, Hillgrove situation very so smoothly, very professionally. We've started to build bridges again. You know, be careful building that bridge because Duncan Bannertine will throw you <laughs> off it if he's in the wrong mood. <laughs> so uh, okay, now as uh, keen listeners to our shows and brilliant number one podcast will be aware, Mister Nibs, a servant to the show, is um, he's in Birmingham now. Can us a goldfish the woman who phoned the show last week friend to execute if we did not take it into our care i think both of them are on the line now mr nibs are you there hello russell i'm here have you got the fish in your custody yeah, it's right in front of we'll me. We'll put it in water! They'll drown in custard! I'm mucking about. You've got it in your custody, have you? Yeah, it's in a little lunchbox. It's in a lunchbox? What, yeah, like a Star um, Wars in one? In water? You have um, got it in water. Deborah, yeah, it's in water. Deborah brought it in a, um... A uh, dog poo bag, a black one. A dog yeah. food bag? Dog what? poo bag. Dog poo bag? That is the most degrading <laughs> thing. You know, a bag that was designed for dog poo and she yeah. put a fish in it. Yeah, and it's black, so I'm sure the uh, fish thought it'd gone blind for a few minutes. Of course it would have done. It'd have been in a hellish world. Oh, no dog poo that. bag. Papa's got a brand new dog poo bag. <laughs> what are all these unusual bags that keep cropping up in our radio programme? All right, so you've got um, <clears throat> you've got Christoph in your custody now. I've got Christoph. Yeah, and there's a couple of messages that said that they saw a guy going past with a snake in a box, so I think this train's like Noah's Ark. It is like Noah's Ark, a little bit, but don't start thinking that you're some sort of divine being <laughs> reseeding the animal population, because I think you're getting a bit out of your depth, Nibsy, young man. Now, you, you're right, are you co confident you can get the uh, Christoph to us by the end of the show? Yeah, it should be there in the um in the last half hour, hopefully. Good lad. Right, so I think Deborah is also on the line. Deborah was the former custodian of this poor fish, a woman that put a fish into a dog poo bag. Deborah, are you there, love? You don't understand, Russell. I didn't put the fish into the dog poo bag. What did you do? What we actually did at breakfast time was build him a travelling tank with a plastic lining. But as we were delving into my bag <clears> for my car keys, the plastic bag burst and my handbag was full of water and because... This is a sort of preposterous... Hogwash! And therefore he ended up in a dog bag, but it never was intended to this be This is the kind of lie I, I used to tell it. at school. Yeah, it's too you, convoluted. Too convoluted. <laughs> no one's buying that, Deborah. Just say it's a bag, it's clean. I had the dog with me, because had I not had the dog with me... Is there I dog poo in that bag? Deborah? Or give Mr Nibs my handbag. Deborah, be quiet. Did you not also <laughs> fail to meet Mr Nibs at the designated time at Birmingham Station? He wasn't where we were meant to be. I, Don't I was blame on Mr Nibs. Two for a quarter of an hour and he didn't turn up. Nibsy <laughs> walks between the raindrops. He'll be anywhere you He'll want him. He'll be. He's like a little ninja. Don't criticise Nibs. I guy and said, excuse me, are you Mr Nibs? And <laughs> What are you going to trouble him the members of the Chinese community for? <laughs> Give him a break, asking him... My, my daughter said, that could be Mr Nibs. Oh, he looks like he's looking for somebody. And we went up to this poor chap who didn't speak very much English and asked him if he was Mr Nibs, and he said he wasn't. So. Deborah, you're a despicable woman. <laughs> One minute you're killing fish, <laughs> then you're harassing people at Birmingham <laughs> Station. What's the problem? Have you got any other pet? Right, so now, look, Christoph the fish is safely in the hands of Mr Nibs. Do you feel any sense of regret? 
not at all. It's lovely here. I've washed out my vase that he did used to live in. better not be a euphemism. <laughs> what is your vase, you dirty character? <laughs> Crikey. So, all right, so we used to have him in a vase, and then he put him in a dog poo bag. Yeah. So good job we got him off you when he did, because what would have been next? An egg cup, your own <laughs> eyelid. Ridiculous the way you've treated him. He was in a handbag for about... 30 minutes, but there we are. We did manage to rescue him into a dog poo bag. Yeah, well, that's no not got much no self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. Do anyway, anyone who was forced to live in a dog poo bag, it would lower their sense of self-worth. I hope his wife's not <laughs> looking down. Oh, you haven't got in there yet. No, he ain't Mr. Nibs is in transit because you were not at the designated place, so he's a little bit late. We just yeah. hope that he gets here. I was there, honestly, I was. Deborah, you're in that case. Thank you very much for Christoph. We, I reckon we can prolong his life after your, frankly, your reign of terror. I what? can look forward to seeing him on the webcam. You are the goldfish version of Mary Chipperfield. <laughs> now, uh, it's been lovely talking to you, Deborah. Take care, Thank my love. Bye, 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 Take care. So that'll be good to have little Christoph the fish, because we use Wogan's studio, so let's just leave him here in Wogan's studio. Then, then Wogan will have to feed him the rest but of the week. But what if he's all floating upside down with low self-esteem? What, Wogan may, like, spy him out as weak and attack like yeah. he does on Eurovision? He'll just put his big red hand and <laughs> crush it. Just, just pluck it out of the bowl and eat it. Here, Mr. Nibs, you there? Nibs! Focus, Nibs! You're turning <laughs> into a robot! Cut him off, he's mental! We can't, we can't trust him anymore, either. So we're gonna have some newsy-poos now. Right, okay then, so why don't we go over to Andrew Simmons, who it just blinkeredly ignores all of our overtures now, Matt, you may as well know. I know. We might as well say, Andrea Simmons confessed to being a lesbian during this news. I don't know if she is or isn't, and frankly, well, you better hope I don't she's care. Not now. Why? Well, you just told her, you know, you might have outed her. I hope she is a lesbian. I think that'd be good. It'll certainly add a little bit of spice to our under the desk while she reads the news paradigm that we're always on about. Okay, from 88 to 91 FM, this is Radio 2 from the BBC. Here is the news. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Your call has been forwarded to the T-Mobile voicemail service. Oh, it's not available. At the tone, it's not please record your message. Clip all the... When you have finished, you may hang up or press 1 to change your message. Hello, Duncan. Hello, Duncan. It is I, the ghost of the captain that you chucked into the sea that fateful day. Why'd you do it, Duncan? Why'd you hurl me into the drink? I'm the ghosty, and even though you've been well successful in that since then, my ghost has always been following you. I urge you, as the ghosty of the sea captain that you throw into the sea, forgive Richard Hillgrove. Give him his job back. Give his job back, or you'll forever be stopped by guilty memories. Well done with the ice cream business, by the way, that were brilliant. But it were wrong to throw me into the sea. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> ah, good old life. <laughs> I don't know what banner times. If going. he's in San Francisco, why is his ring still... No, it was a bit weird, though. It was a bit... Uh, it was a bit uh, like a Meriki uh, ring, wasn't it? Like... Come on, mate. Come on, shape up if people think you don't make transatlantic phone calls. Right, now there's a few other things to discuss. <laughs> We've been, what's Bannertine going to do? He's going to get wound up by this harassment, isn't he? Well, let's just hope that guy didn't die. <gasps> 
You are, that was your idea, you idiot. <laughs> and you fell for it. Fool. Never mind. It's not our fault if people die. Like, who are you going to blame? He threw him. He threw him. We never threw no one down into the sea. Once, though, when I was on drugs, I hung over the edge of a boat to impress a girl. She didn't think it was that good. I was on a boat. I thought, I goes, look, this is how much I want to get off with you and that. I'm going to hang off the edge of this cruiser. And uh, she just thought it was stupid. What, were you what was that like? Because you'd seen Titanic? I think, I just can't remember what I've seen now. It's still the effects of the doors, to tell you the truth, Matt. You know, just reckless, and what shameless. What did you do, hang over the side of a boat? Yeah, it was like a cruiser in the Aegean Sea. It was that one I was doing that cruise of the gods with oh, uh, yeah. Coogan and Bryden and Williams, you know, and I was just doing a little part and I got sacked off it eventually for these sort of antics. I just hung off the edge of a boat and goes, hey, look how much I want to kiss you and that. Just hanging there like a nerd. Were you hanging on the inside of the boat? Yes, and I was hanging on the <laughs> on the edge of the lifeboat that was itself within the, within the confines of the main boat, so it weren't that really no much of a challenge, in all honesty. No, it's stupid of me to do stuff like that. You shouldn't do it. Did she kiss you? Uh, yeah, actually, she did in the end, but that was, you know, only because of other techniques that I used that were much more crafty. Dear boys, says Amy Croftsway, I really hope you're going to look after that fish. Our fish, Bert, had the same bladder condition as the fish we're looking after, Christoph. We think we know he's got a bladder condition? How do you know a fish has got a bladder condition? How would you know? Because he lives in water anyway. Yeah. What would you go, oh, that wee looked a bit discoloured? Or did he squint then when he'd done it? Unless they go right up to the surface and wee out the edge of the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, Christ! That's... <laughs> 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 No more, um, let's not be pure because remember, we've got that tendency to be pure We can't help ourselves. I don't. You do, mate. You just talked about urine, fish wee just then. If you need extra info on goldfish, look on the RSPCA website. Your fish will need cleaning out every week. Ugh. And feeding every day with proper fish food. <laughs> We're going to give it sausages. <laughs> We're going to tip a fry up in its bowl. idiots, aren't they? Because you can overfeed them. They'll just keep eating just until keep they burst. Just keep eating. Why not stop eating when you've had enough? They don't like know me. full up. They don't know they're full up. They're just like, oh, more, more dinner, more dinner. Plus fish food, it's not very substantial, is it, to I die of really that? I really like the smell of it. I hate the smell of it. That's really weird. I remember when you used to have a fish, didn't you? Yeah, oh yeah. And I used to sit and smell your fish food. I know, and you were the only person. I was always trying to ensnare people into smelling that fish food, and you just leapt upon it. And <laughs> oddly, the fish food was made of fish. Why do that? No, it was fish. Yeah, it was, actually. Yeah, you looked at the ingredients. What looked like, like, sort of, bad confetti. Yeah, bad confetti. Stinky confetti. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for a stinky confetti for a damned wedding. Your fish will need clean out every week. If you don't feel you can cope, I'll be happy to foster the fish for you. I already have two, which I rescued from a friend's house, says Amy. We can cope with a fish anyway. We ain't here all week. Wogan will have to deal with it, won't he? Yeah. Wogan will be all right, won't he? You don't, don't know. When Mr Nibs gets here with that fish, why don't we just go, look, we're bored for the idea of having a Let's fish now. Let's just deny all knowledge of him. What just said, Why have you brought fish here? Mr Nibs, you've just had the most remarkable dream. <laughs> 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 We've never, ever met you before. What on earth are you doing? <laughs> right, now, Matthew, you might remember last week, I don't know if you do or not, it's, it's impossible to tell, but last week I said that like, I got really upset when I was at uh, Gray's school, when you were in about the fir mm, first year, second year, I can't remember, right, and they go, they go, right, all the girls, you get this special lecture now on tampons and, you know, yeah, sanitary upset. products. So what year is that now? They say ten, year 10. Year 10 or something. I don't know how it works. But, like, uh, the boys, you've got, what are we going to do? Where's our lecture? The girls get a lecture on tampons and sanitary products and, and you know, and yeah, Imagine you'd hygiene. been in there and you'd just been laughing. 
I would not, mate. I'd have been listening and learning and probably have grown up a more sympathetic man for the experience. Yeah, maybe. And, like, you know, I'd have liked it as well. I might have do you reckon there was videos or something of how's your father going on in the, in the, you know, to explain it? No. No, fair enough. Well, anyway, m this girl, Anna, says, Hello, I've just been listening to your podcast about the tampon lesson you missed out on when you were at school. I'm a couple of years older than you, and my friend and I were in the video shown at schools. I went to a school in Essex, a posher area than yours, though. A film crew came to our school and asked to film my friend and I playing tennis for the video. Doesn't sound What's like a tampon. this link between menstruation and tennis? Yeah. What's going on? What is it? And roller skating as well. Roller skating, tennis. What, how's that going to happen? Oh, I know why. I've just realised. Go on. Because they wear white clothes. White clothes. Well done, Matthew. Brilliant. It plays on the old psychological Yeah, you panic. think, oh, white clothes. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. And uh, isn't it that they use blue liquid to demonstrate things like nappies absorbing stuff and tampons absorbing stuff? Because you think there's no option. You couldn't use yellow, because wee-wee. Couldn't use green, because pus. Couldn't use red, because blood. Couldn't use any other colours, because there aren't none. We never saw the finished video, says this girl, Anna. Uh, which would have been interesting. When they were filming, we couldn't keep a rally going and we kept swearing at each other. We were like John McEnroe. The really embarrassing thing was the, f the following year, all the first year girls kept pointing and shrieking at us and kept going, You're the girls in the period film! <laughs> <laughs> Not like a Jane Austen movie, but one about actual periods. We were like film stars. The boys took this to mean we must have been naked, pervy, porno lesbians in the documentary. So you missed the blinder. I knew it! I knew it! Well, yeah, we you can... still think like that, because that's what you thought. I bet you saw sex in there went on in that, that classroom that I should have been privy to. Well, we're going to talk to that girl and we'll find out more what went on in that secret tampon lesson. So, guys, the secret's over. We're going to lift the veil of secrecy once and for all. It's going to be a hell of a show! Let's ring Noel Gallagher as well. I just forgot what it is I put on my head during radio shows <laughs> and put a hat on when, in fact, I was looking for headphones. Because I can't hear myself think! Right, I want to say thank you to the British Broadcasting press guild thing, please, because they gave me an <laughs> award. Thank you for my award! Gareth, who's a producer that works on uh, me and Matt's forthcoming Channel 4 television show starting in the autumn, said that uh, he, he went and collected the award for us because he was off doing something else and I had to pre-record a thing, and like a pre-record, you know, sometimes if someone's not an award ceremony you pre they uh, go, is that oh, the first time you've done that? Yes, it is actually, That's Matthew, a, yes. quite a landmark, isn't it, when it you don't turn up? Yeah. Hello, I'm sorry, sorry I, can't I can't be there. Be there did you say sorry I can't be there? I don't know. I think I did it in a very postmodern way. But like I was being the thing is what I didn't realise is that broadcasting awards, that's good, right? And I right. thought because it sounds a bit convoluted, British Broadcasting Press Guilds, too many adjectives and words, I thought this can't be that good. So I didn't take well, it. Well that's how you're judging things these days. Well yeah. If something's called like, I don't know. Texas, you know where you stand. <laughs> if it's called, oh, it's a state in the South of America, we do oil there and we've, called, and we've got crazy views, then you start to get convolute stuff. Fair enough. See? <laughs> That's how my brain box works. So, uh, anyway, but it was good that I got that award and I'm ever so grateful. Thank you. But I said things like, uh, I used it as a platform to like have a pop at, like, you know, like sort of like TV critics, thank you very much, like uh, Ali Ross at the Sun, he's always yeah. having a dig. I think. Do one, you mug. Always having a pop, right? Ali Ross, then this other bloke, you and Ferguson. So I was a bit arrogant, do you know what I mean? Like at the end of it, I was going, oh, and by the way, you lot, I just want you to know while you're, uh, while you're scribbling your, like, your sort of pejorative little notes, I'm out there living it, son. I'm getting right amongst it. I'm having it large. That kind of general gist of message. But then after I'd done it, I thought, oh no, that's really arrogant. That's going to look terrible on a screen where Stephen Fry is turning up and that. But Gareth told me that it came across 
as well and funny. So in a way, the real message is arrogance is a nice trait. Uh, yeah, look, so this is it. It was the be best comedy and entertainment programme, The Royal Family. Cool. Uh, radio broadcaster of the year, Sandy Togsvik. Well, she's good, isn't she, Sandy Togsvik? I remember, number 73. That was a good programme. Yeah. Radio programme of the year, down the line. Oh, is that that one? Is that, um... With yeah. Reese Thomas and yeah. all them lot. That's really good, isn't it? And best TV performer in a non-acting role. Oh, Russ! That's who. And what Stephen TV Fry. non-acting? Yeah, non-acting. <gasps> well, that ain't gonna help you in Hollywood, is it? Yeah, but I'm gonna go <laughs> Hollywood. Won, he's won an award for non-acting. Right, when he's non-acting, he's fine. <laughs> we give him an award for non-acting. Uh-oh, he's acting! Take oh, the God, award back! <laughs> Stop acting! Do some of that non-acting! <laughs> non-acting, non-acting, <laughs> I'm a world-class non-actor. He's one of the best non-actors <laughs> known to men. Um, right, so thanks for my lovely award. I appreciate it. Sorry for coming across a bit sarky. Uh, and I offer genuine love to all people, you know, except murderers all there. And TV critics. Oh, get suckered. Oh, I'd like a plunge. So, uh, hold on. Right, so we've done some, we've missed some good things, anyone who's just tuned in. We've left some funny messages for Duncan Bannatine on his phone, haven't we? First of all, we left one, like, trying to get him back with, uh, to, with his agent. <laughs> Richard Hillgrove by singing Danny's answer phone. Baby, come back! Bye, 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 bye. Then after that, we rang up and pretended to be the ghost of a Scottish captain that he threw into the sea because he threw a, he threw his commanding officer into the sea. Well, fun it was. But now we've got to deal with the rather pressing issue, and I use the word pressing very deliberately, of uh, when we men folk were excluded from the tampon lecture at school simply because we don't have vaginas or a menstrual cycle. Now we've got on the phone it's Anna who starred in the educational video for the Essex area for what the hell to do when you have a period now Anna what the what are you like as a person hello <laughs> Anna are you there yeah hi Russell hi all right yeah so um, yeah mm, I've got a lot of questions so what happened what is your connection to this uh, this lecture that men are excluded from well um, the film crew came into our school when I was about 14 15 and uh, I was to film my friend and myself playing uh, a rally of tennis for the video. Right. For the tampon, Matt worked out brilliantly that that is because you wear white for tennis and that is an advantageous thing to be able to like conceal any sort of <laughs> menstrual, <laughs> I don't know, indicator. <laughs> 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 it's okay, I can use language. Um, so, yeah, how did it work out then? What was it like doing that film and what the hell went on in that lecture? Okay, um, doing the film was okay. We got a good rally going. Then the film crew asked to film us, and, and you got we nervous. couldn't hit a ball for love nor money. That's what it's like being a man, yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> Don't film sex. That's my advice, Jeff. Why do you film sex anyway? It's best just to have it rather than watch it. If you're going to watch it, watch someone else doing it. There was nothing sexual in it at all. Fair enough. I'm not saying it was sexual. <laughs> Why are you saying it was sexual? So, um, okay, right. So you, you couldn't do the rally on command. Now, surely you were. Uh, you had high status when in that lecture because you were sort of the stars of the show. So when they came to your school to give the old uh, menstrual cycle lecture, were you able to sit on sort of golden thrones up the front? No, we'd already seen the previous film. We didn't actually ever get to see the finished film with us in it, but we knew we were in it because we uh, although we cut. tried to put it to the back of our minds, yeah. the next year all the little first-year girls in the end of September, October time yeah. started shrieking and pointing at us and saying, you are the girls in the period film. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really embarrassing when you're in the fifth year. Must be. Must yeah, be humiliating. And, uh, all the boys, of course, then thought that we were a pair of lesbians. 
Of course they would. And why wouldn't they? And what evidence have you got to prove that you're not, Anna, in all frankness? Now, what happened in that lecture? Come on, let's talk us through it. Right, because this is is as far as I know. Okay, boys, you can all clear off because the girls are getting a special thing that you're not allowed anything to do with now. Come, right, girls, come into the assembly room or hall, whatever it was called. Lads, nick off out of it. Right. That, and that's when I go skulking off alone in the playground. What happens to you from that point? OK, so you go in and they've got one of these big um, screens up. And, and you go behind of... the screen. <laughs> What's behind the screen? <laughs> um, and the video is basically uh, groups of girls going about their daily life, chatting together, playing sport, etc, etc. Mm. And then, I mean, it is going back 23 years now, Russell. I can't remember every detail. Remember the details! <laughs> <laughs> But um, then they sort of say, okay, maybe one of these girls has their period, but it doesn't end your life there. Your life can continue. Of course Uh, it can. (laughs) It's a bit dramatic. Then it goes on to um, just basically a 2D model showing how a girl's body changes. What, you get a model? You get a model? No. So, hold on, there's mixed media, there's sculptures, there's films. I knew this was brilliant. What's the model like? You model? No. Nudie model? Like a little cartoon caricature. Oh, was it Wilma Flintstone? <laughs> I love her. I knew it'd be her. Did she get off with Betty? <laughs> oh, I knew they were at it. About Barney and Fred stand at the side, bumping and grinding. <laughs> Baby, come back. <laughs> <laughs> bye, 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 bye. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this, Bannertine, because you missed out on it and all, but it drove him on to become a millionaire and a mutineer. But us people like me and Matt, we've bared grudges. No, you didn't, because you went to an all-boys school, so no-one had periods there, and if no. they did, they were outcasts. <laughs> <laughs> How can you ever justify that to the nuns? So, uh, OK, right, then they show you a cartoon figure having a period. Then what? Then, um that's the end of the film, and then the, I think the woman that took the lesson is actually a representative from a tampon company. Right, it's business, it's corporate, I knew it yeah. was consumerism. Terrible. They shouldn't be allowed in the school, like when they let a boy band come into the school. Yeah. They do let that happen. What? They let a boy band come to the school and do a singing at you. When does that happen? Didn't I happen at my school. I think it was an episode of Grange Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was real, actually, thinking about it now. Yeah, and then Zamo died. What was going on in that place? Uh, all right, then. Well, you've given us the lowdown. Uh, have you been tempted to uh, make any films since about anything, really? No, that really did put me off. Right. Oh, that's a shame. Well, yeah. it sounds to me like you've contributed very well to the education of young women getting to know themselves and their bodies, but then forming an allegiance to a particular product for a lifetime manipulative marketing strategy there yeah. mad, isn't it? by venal companies. But You, you know. didn't really miss out, Russell. <laughs> I still feel a bit angry but, about it because yeah, I like the idea of the cartoon. tampons, but that's about it, really. Free tampons now? <laughs> Keep rubbing salt into the wound, <laughs> why don't you? You had me at hello, baby, come back to the lady. Well, Anna, thank you very much for being our insider on the menstrual cycle. Appreciate that. Oh, cheers, Russell. Thank you. Bye-bye, darling. Bye-bye. Bye. I can't help but wonder, Matty Morgs, how Mr Nibs is getting on on his quest, on his odyssey, bringing us Christoph the Goldfish back from Birmingham. Last time we heard him, he was turning into some sort of cyborg. Do you remember? Yeah. I goes, Mr Nibs, what's happening? And he went... <laughs> He's either becoming some sort of robot king or there's a problem with his signal, what of him being on a train and everything. But I rather fancy that that boy is slowly but surely becoming an android. I don't think he's going to be here on time. 
I don't think he's going to be here on time, but luckily we've got uh, some shows uh, over the coming weeks and we can, you know, fill people in on what happens to that fish. And how Wogan reacts to it, more importantly, because a lot of people are thinking that Wogan, once he sees a fish in his studio, he'll <laughs> respond really territorially, scoop the fish out <laughs> in his big hand and gulp it down in one. <laughs> or what? Like, like, Matt, when Matt goes, Matt goes early, he goes, why don't we, when Mr Nibs gets here, let's get him to eat that fish. King William done it. <laughs> King William. <laughs> Matt thinks we live in the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> it was it was Prince King, Harry. Prince Willie, the one of them that ate a fish. King Willie, Prince Harry. King William. <laughs> it's Prince Harry that done that. William's the one that's got to be sensible because he's got you know he's got to be head of state. Yeah, because one he's going to be King Willie. King Willie. There's a title to be endeavoured after. So, um, okay, right, now we'd like to dedicate this track to a certain someone who we may have offended. <laughs> I may have done some childish impressions, then we may have left some childish answer phone messages. But please, Duncan Bannatine, don't blame Richard Hillgrove because he, your cowboy agent who looks after such stars as Chris Eubank, well, before before he got brassed off with Eubank, and Seagal and Norfolk farmer Tony Martin. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he looks after a galaxy of stars. He's got this message to send to you, Duncan Bannatine. This is for you, baby. into a bit of trouble with Duncan Bannatine because we, we got, yeah, he sacked his PR because his PR person came on our show and uh, like and then we done an impression of Duncan Bannatine and now Bannatine sacked his PR person. We're trying to win him back with the words of Pat O'Banton, baby come back. Uh, 
grabbing capitalists. <laughs> really? Not, you can't hear me over there, really, can you? Well, we can. Yeah, we can. Hear, come over, yeah. Come over, Jonathan, and express your views on Palestine. <laughs> oh, how lovely it would be to be on late night radio too. <laughs> like the golden hour, they call it. <laughs> yeah, I think it rhymes with that. Here, I think we're doing sterling work. You're doing we? excellent work. If only I was listening. But everyone, <laughs> everyone tells me it's fantastic. Do they? But I'm tucked up in bed by then. Of course you are. Uh, if you were married, and if ever you settle down and put your sword away, you'll find the joys of a domestic routine equally yeah. satisfying. Now I'm looking forward to them days. I did yeah. think that when I, I came around your house once. I thought this is nice domestic bliss. Yeah, you can't move into my house. No, you have to get your own. <laughs> wife, your wife, your own kids. Yeah, I know getting a ready-made one seems like the answer right now, but no, put some work in. All right. Well, I'll do that. I'll go and scour the streets till I find a woman vulnerable enough with low enough self-esteem to get <laughs> trapped into that kind of arrangement. <laughs> well, someone to match your level of self-esteem. <laughs> That's right. It's not going to be easy. Despite the bold front he puts on inside, he's a shy child with a terrible past. I'm dying inside. <laughs> Jonathan, don't expose that to the nation. I come across confidence. It's like Tiny Tim without the crutch. <laughs> <laughs> what wouldn't I give for a crutch just to hold me up for a few more moments? I must go. I would love to stay here and be your crutch, but I'm afraid I have other people who need to lean on me. You weren't a crutch. You were doing a bleeding great leg sweep on me. We were doing a lovely item about Duncan Bannaton. You come in here, get your ass out, shut your nuts, and then tell everyone I've got I'm insecure wreck. Now a Scottish <laughs> that he is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll beep it. People will know you saw Jonathan Ross, everyone. <laughs> The king of our entertainment industry. Thank you for your weekly input of violence. Off he goes there, wearing sunglasses, great big cocky, swaggering Jonathan Ross, effing and blinding on our programme. So, uh, sorry about that. That was to you, Duncan Bannatine from Richard Hillgrove and Jonathan Ross, as it, <laughs> as it turns out. So, uh, what have we got on the line now? Have we got, have we got Mr Nibs? Because remember, we're trying to get this goldfish here in time for the end of the show. Let's see if young Mr Nibs is anywhere closer. Oh, Mikey's floundering around with a phone like a pervert being caught onto a fiddle line. I tried to say, no, it's not ready, but the, I did that super grand thing. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's, Matt tried to communicate Mikey ain't ready by doing super grand thing when she's about to employ her powers. Hang a beat, I keep. It's the Bannertine. It's Nibsy. Nibsy, are you there, young man? Nibsy! What's wrong with that boy? Mr. Nibs, are you there, dear? Oh, Have you got. Oh, a f yeah. What are you oh. doing? Mr. Nibs, you sound confused and frightened. What have you done? I'm going through tunnels at the moment. You're going through tunnels? Well, just get, get on the, the train. train. Grow up. Stop potholing. You've got <laughs> a fish in a dog poo bag. You. I can't hear you. <laughs> Listen, Nibs, you better get that guy. If you harm one hair on that fish's head, I'll tell you, I'll take you to the cleaners, young man. <laughs> All right, okay. How far are you? Um, I'm about five minutes away. I'll get into the station. He's five minutes what, what, from Birmingham. Well, hang on, he'll go Birmingham. to Houston, yeah, will he? from London, Houston. He'll get five minutes from London, Houston. Get in a cab, yeah? He's getting a cab yeah. from there. All right, all right, we'll see you in a bit, Nibs. Right, okay, don't, you don't panic, don't kill the fish. If you get hungry, <laughs> buy a bar of chocolate or something. Uh, okay. That boy lives on his nerves, doesn't he? He seems, he seems a bit annoyed. Yeah, why does he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm in London, Houston. I'm in London, Houston. I've had a very difficult morning with the... F I, I can't get the fish off. I've been breastfeeding all night. He's <laughs> <laughs> a strange young man, isn't he, little Mr Nibs? Right, hold on, I have an apology. I think I did say that the DeLorean was made by... Nor it was funded by Thatcher's government, uh, and it was Northern Ireland. It didn't come out of the Republic or ERA, which means Free State of Ireland. I think I mixed stuff up. If I did Hang mix on up, a I'm dead sorry. another minefield? No, I'm just saying, the DeLorean, that car out of Back to the Future, but before that, just a car funded by Thatcher's government in Northern Ireland, not Era, the free state of Ireland. Just wanted to clear up my main mistakes. I don't know much about things. You're a death threat. <laughs>
No. No more of those. Thank you for this week. Hey, what do you think of my knockers? Well, I don't like seeing them. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So, have <laughs> we got much pressure on? What have we got to do before the end of the show? Noel Gallagher, it'd be nice to talk to him, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be lovely. Lovely to have a bit of a chat with him. I spoke to him briefly early in the week. So, right, so hold on, there's another thing I want to clear up. Matt, you said there's something wrong with your spine or something. What's up with you? Well, I like to go to the osteopath again this week. Yeah? It's not bad. It's How's the competition going? Because I'm getting pretty well. If Matthew and I share Gavin, the osteopath, I've got in quite a good relationship going with him now. That's because you go there too much. I like it in there. Well, he, he said to me, uh, oh, your sidekick was in, in the week. Oh, did he? Yeah, little wry joke from Gavin. And also, I've got to buy something called a back knobber. A back knobber? Yep. <laughs> Fly me. Back and then knob. you have a go at me for running on Amsterdam Eve. <laughs> the irony of it. What, what are you going to do with that back knobber then? Well, it's a thing so you can, you know, it's, you can't ever massage your own back. No, of course you can't. What do you well, mean? You can that's now your, with the back knobber. <laughs> Stop advertising back knobbers. You won't get one for nothing. In fact, the back knobber too, I've got Stop to get. Stop trying to get a free back knobber. I'm not. I'm going to go and buy one. Good. But I'd like to get a free one. Stop plugging back knobbers. I've never known anyone plug a back knobber like you plug You've a never back knobber. Back knobbers. I know about back knobbers. <laughs> <laughs> Young man, get hold of your tongue, sunshine. Well, I'm going to go and buy one soon. All right. Hold on. Let's see if we can get no. I bet you all have one within the week. What's up with your back exactly? It just hurts a bit. It's all right. Right. What about this bloke who once said to me in a cab? He goes, uh, "Oh, well, it's like the age-old question: Is <laughs> he goes, is a." BJ being unfaithful. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not an age-old question. It is being unfaithful. Like as if that had been troubling philosophers since the dawn of time. It's the age-old question, isn't it? Is a BJ cheating? Did he just come out with that or was it part of a conversation? <laughs> no, it wasn't part of a conversation. It was part of the rest of the conversation. He was saying things that were a bit homophobic or racist. Then he came out with that. I was just trying to, I was trying to, you know when like you sort of think of that human obligation if someone's being homophobic or racist to go, I'm not really into homophobia or racism, mate, so chill out with it a bit, but like in a polite and inclusive way yeah. so as not to respond with hate. Then he hit me with that thing and it just, just really, it confounded me. Is he trying me. to chat you up? <laughs> well, he got. I mean, look at it. Such a little thing. <laughs> well, I don't know whether he was or wasn't, Matt. But I'll tell you one thing: I didn't pay a cash fare for, for that <laughs> for that particular ride. What did you say to him? Did he go? I think it is cheating. I just didn't. I don't. You know, so you get like when someone knocks you off centre, right? You sometimes don't really respond to him. It wasn't until later that I thought that was a mental thing to come out with. I didn't really say at the time. That's not an age-old question. Like you know, what if the universe is infinite? How can that be? Or if it's not infinite, what's beyond the confines of the universe? You know, something that genuinely hmm. baffles you is a BJ cheating. I think we can clear up once and for all. Did he say BJ? No, it? he said it properly. Oh, but I'm right, trying okay. to sidestep the issue for uh, you know for our radio program. All the kids. This is on the BBC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're doing a BJ, you numpty. How much for a BJ? Give us. A, I don't think children see prostitutes. I don't know if that's how it works in the playground. Mind you, I cab drivers do that. Cab drivers apparently do. Lovely drivers. No, come on. This is not um, say things. Right, everyone. <laughs> you're all right by us. That's two thumbs up. Leave it to everyone <laughs> in the world. Right. So, um, okay. Hold on. Oh yeah, no girl. What are you floundering about? I'm not so floundering. Much. I'm on top of my game. I've never felt so good. I'm in the form of my life, mate. You should have seen me at the Albert Hall. Except I did see you at the Albert Hall. Yeah, I know, except my cousin were there, weren't he, acting up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I worry about them a lot, I really do. Yeah, hold on, Noel Gallagher's phone's ringing. Let's see if... Ring, ring. Let's leave him a message. Let's say, baby... There he is. All right, Noel, it's Russell. Uh, yes, I know, it comes up, Russell, doesn't it? Oh! Uh, Rusty Band, it comes up. Rusty Band? <laughs> is that what one your phone has? Yeah, but... 
Dusty Bin. Yeah, it's, there's no reason to start associating me with Dusty Bin. I hated that confusing little dick. No, it's all right. <laughs> it's not all right. All right. Why are you standing up? You're all right. I mean, he was all right. Thanks, mate. I'm glad you're standing up for me and Dusty. Ian Noel, can we ring you back? Because this is actually on the radio, but you've managed for the first time in recent memory to get through 20 seconds of conversation without slandering <laughs> anyone or saying the F word. Congratulations. We'll get you a medal. Yes, yes. Give the call back. All right, we'll ring you back. Talk to you a bit, Noel. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. So yeah, bye, mate. Let's put on a record, then talk to Noel Gallagher. Bye, 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 bye. How about you? Did say bye, 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 bye. Perhaps he knows about the banner time thing. Perhaps somehow with this radio show is connected to Noel Gallagher because you know he's been a long time friend of this show. So let's listen to Louie Louie, shall we? And then we'll have a chat to Noly Noly. Nolan Noly. Nolan Noly. Yeah. This is Louie Louie by the Kingsmen. That was Louie Louie by the King's Men. You listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. This is Nolan Nolan. Nolan uh, Nolan. What a tune. <laughs> well, that is good, isn't it? What? I, I'm thinking, I'm just saying to Sarah, we're going to play that as our child's been born in September. Yeah, why not? Perhaps call it Louie. You said you were going to call your child Russell for the first six weeks of its life, uh, regardless I'm going of... I'm going to call it Little Russell, yeah. For <laughs> the first six weeks. Good. Oh, oh God. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Until you think of a name, what, then you'll think of a name that suits its personality. And then, and then I'll think of a proper name, yeah. Oi, Russell is a proper name. <laughs> no, a lot of noble men are called it. Russell Crowe, no, Russell no, Grant, no, no, me. No, Russell is a word. Yeah. Right? So... Russell is not a name. Hey, come on, it's kind of a name when you associate with me. So, we both done Albert Hall gigs this week. Some of those gigs could be called a tremendous triumph. <laughs> Others could be referred to as a mediocre <laughs> slog. Uh, yeah, well, one of them could be referred to as just two effeminate wannabe goths mincing around on stage. How is Paul Weller? I'm all going to tell him that you said that. No! <laughs> not Weller! No, no, I'm so you pop with him now. I'm worried enough about your brother. Because uh, I said. No, no, no that, that, that bit is funny, though. Yeah, that was. I've I done some good jokes about it. He's got an airy arsehole. <laughs> that is funny. That is, that's a good joke, man. Don't. Blow it on the on the airways. I've already nearly said another swear word. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the other, like, we've got loads of things to tell you. Actually, no. Here they are. Um, right. Well, Matt keeps going on because I like I like I once observed that uh, your brother, your kid, as you call him, has got quite delicate thumbs. Like small thumbs. Well, I mean, you know, he's your brother. Your thumbs seem, you know, seem pretty typical to me. Uh, uh, but like, just once observed, and then Matt's starting to trying to stir up a storm, an ornish nest, by keep going on saying that I said they look like cashews. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever noticed anything unusual about Liam's thumbs? No, I, no, I, no. Neither have I. He's a lovely. No, I, I love no. him, and I don't want any violent onslaughts. I don't really. I don't. Sarah, quite small. There you are then, and there's nothing wrong with that either. I don't know, mate. Russell's saying Liam's got thumbs like cashew nuts. <laughs> 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 she's, saying, she's saying they're more like little bears' paws. <laughs> oh, yes, it's true. So they're quite sweet then. I think, yeah. I think I've, never, I've never noticed. That's weird, I suppose, I don't know, I don't know what your, where your focus is, but yeah, I mean, it's not I, on a... I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't focus on my, well, 
He's always, he's always got his mirrored shades on when I'm talking to him, so my focus is usually on my own reflection in his sunglasses. Which is pretty befitting of a narcissist such as yourself, No, It's N like staring into the snake's eyes in the Jungle Book. <laughs> I look at myself <laughs> Very much you are an hypnotic character. We've got ourselves in a bit of trouble, really, over the course of this show, right? Because, uh, you, you know Duncan Bannatyne out of Dragon's Den? <laughs> no. Well, you know Dragon's <laughs> Den, you watch Meerkat Manor, you probably... And, I, and, and do you know why I don't know him? Why? Because I've got a life, Russell. Hey, now, come on. No one's disputing that. It's a wonderful thing. Well, anyway, on well, this... Explain to me, Dragons, then, briefly, if you can. If people turn up with inventions to before fi a panel of five entrepreneurs and they have to go... Oh, yeah. Is, that, is it called the Dragon's Den? It's called Dragon's Den, yeah. That's that sounds like that some game, uh, like, medieval game show. Yeah, it does, <laughs> doesn't it? I think they're trying to make it sound a bit more, you know... Dragon's Den. Is that, um... So there's a Scottish guy on it? Yeah. Called Duncan oh, Bannatyne. Yeah. My Scottish uh, correspondent here is piping up in the background. Oh, yeah, Sarah <laughs> MacDonald. Oh, she likes him. Um, yeah, right, I've seen where they go, uh, I want to come on and I've got a, I'm going to invent a milk bottle that flies to the moon. And he says, no, I'm, I'm not having it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, that kind of thing. That's the fella. Now, because <laughs> because of we did a, uh, an impression of him, less detrimental than the one you've done, might I add. He sacked his because his PR agent is also the PIR agent of Steven Seagal, right? And you know we had Steven Seagal on on the other week. What a legend! Yeah, we had Seagal on, although Matt was having a pop at him about his barnet, right? We had Steven Seagal on, then Richard Ilgrove, the PR man of Bannatyne and Seagal, like, was there, and I did some little brief impression of Bannatyne, and, uh, like, and then, then it was in the paper that Bannatyne <laughs> well, sacked him. Do, do the impression for me, go on. Oh, oh, cricket! Oh, well, you stand back! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh. take it into the balladeering proportions, it was just a brief card, oh, no, look at that invention, I'll not invest a penny in it. <laughs> Go on, I'd rather have a lolly stick. Things like that, right? Bannatyne heard about it and sacked Richard Ilgrove, his PR man. So then we called out Richard Ilgrove today on the show and goes, are oh, you all right? And he said he was all right, but he said he, said he was also sat at the roadside. <laughs> like, like his life's falling apart, right? And then so we phoned up Duncan Bannatyne and left him, he was in San Francisco, and left a message on his answer phone singing that Pat O'Bannon song. Baby, come back, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Down his answer phone. Then, right, guess what Duncan Bannatyne done, right, mate? When he was in the Navy, he used to be in the Navy, a commanding officer was issuing some commands, as he right. has to, as a commanding officer. Bannatyne picked him up and threw him in the sea, right? <laughs> so, we left, so we left another message going, Oh, I'm the ghosty of the commanding officer you threw into the sea. <laughs> I wish you all the best with the ice cream business. Right, we've left him all these mental answer phone messages and that. Thought perhaps you might like to join in leaving one now. <laughs> get, get, get him on, if you can get him on that, all right. I'll, I'll sort him out. All right, I mean, nice one. I mean, what? A minute and a half. All right. Well, hold on a sec, because we'll, we'll do it now. Like, young Mikey's right. Mike, young Mikey's dialing the number. In a minute, we'll hear it right, ringing and everything. Right. What's well, his name? Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, yeah. You leave me. Try not to swear or anything, Noel, because... Uh, all right, I'll try. I'll try. You'll be all right. And also, just while we're waiting, I should tell you that um, Matt Morgan pinched Carl Barat out of Dirty Pretty Things arse on the way to the Albert Hall the other night, and Carl Barat sort of spun round, <laughs> uh, like, sort of Alan, across between Alan Partridge and oh. Grasshopper. <laughs> so, well, watch this! I'm, I'll have you! <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to say, my Sarah, she has, she has dreams about pinching Carl Burt's ass, doesn't she, Sarah? A lot of people say he's got a very nice female ass. Watch uh, out. Yeah, no, she, she, she sleep cheats on me, Sarah, with Carl Burt. She sleep that? cheats? How come I don't get no sleep cheating with your woman? I got yeah. him on the phone. That's Bannatine's, that's Bannatine's phone ringing. Hold up, because he won't answer it, it'll be his answer phone, unless by now he's been awoken like a big Scottish giant. Well, more fool him. 
Right, in a minute you'll hear all the normal business, like all the leave your, your message. Your call has been forwarded yeah, right, so that's his, e-mobile voice that's his thing. Service. So remember, he sacked his age, he sacked his PR man, Richard Hillgrove, right, and he no threw his naval message. officer into the sea, and he's cross about us. Yeah, go on, Noel. No, it's over to you. it's I've got a great invention for you. I've got a melt ball. I've got a flight to the moon, right? And I could make 500 grand and I could make 500 more. Give us a call back. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! We're harassing Bannatine through the San Francisco night. Well done. That's good. That's three really weird messages he's got on his answer phone now. That's really going to freak him out in the morning, isn't it? He's actually going to think he's quite special, isn't he? I th would think the attention. When really, actually, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's an idiot. We can't endorse that. We're trying to get him back together with his PR man. Last thing we need is you kicking off against him, condemning him. Well done, though. Thanks for joining in with the spirit of things. There, we will keep you up posted on whether um, Bannertine gets back. I don't back. know whether you've noticed, but we are actually. Well, I'm. I'm actually still drunk from last night. Sarah's not drunk. Actually. You're a bit drunk from last night. Well, we're up in Manchester. We're doing some. We're doing some gig for. Uh... Some other charity or other, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, these, yeah. these, are, these are what's commonly known as the charity years. Yeah, you're doing a lot right. of charity work, aren't you? Yeah, well, it's just in case. It's just, it's just in case I catch anything, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know. And, uh, so, uh, we were up in Manchester last night and it all got a bit messy, but yeah. I've, I'm actually quite amazed I've not swore yet. Who did and you, it, did you see it, people from your past or anything? Uh, let me see who played last night. Uh, Echo and his bunny men. Yeah. They was on. Uh, the Charlatans and Paul Weller. Wow. Was on. Ian Brown, he was on. Brilliant. Of course. I'd done my little bit. Well, naturally. And then there was an all-star jamboree at the end, which I <laughs> which I, I bowed out of. You didn't do the jamboree? No, what, a bit, no, because it was kind of like all sat around thinking we shall overcome. I'm not into all that nonsense. Right, yeah, 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 a bit sort of sentimental, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. but and it was all right, though. Another thing that um, Matt said, right, offending someone else, was he said Tim Burgess out of Charlatans looks like a little engine driver with rosy cheeks. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. What he does? Yeah. His little cap and he's got, like, rouge on. <laughs> I like him. I think I like give him a little cuddle. <laughs> I like cuddle him too hard. I like, go, come here, you. Until he goes, <laughs> makes a little squeak like a dog. <laughs> I like to do that with him. He's nice. Yeah, so also, the other the other plot line running through this show, Noel, is that we have uh, sent Mr Nibs, an 18-year-old friend of the show, up to uh, Birmingham to get us a goldfish right off this woman who said she had a pet goldfish but that she was going to kill it. And she was she phoned up our show and goes, oh, have you got any methods to kill a goldfish? And we goes, no, don't kill it. We'll have it as our pet because it will have to live in our studio. Then Wogan will have to look after it in a week. And imagine that. That'll be funny. Mr Nibs, that 18-year-old, just walked through the door with that fish. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, he's got us a goldfish. There's no Noel Gallagher's on the phone, Mr. Nibs. Say hello, you little twerp. You're right, Noel. All right, skip. It's <laughs> called <laughs> you skip, then. Right, okay. now... Uh, uh, hey, well, it's, it's, um, what, what are you going to call the fish? I think we're calling the fish... Uh, we're going to call the fish Christoph, unless you've got any better suggestions. Christoph? You've got to call it Nemo. Nemo? Why? Yeah. That's to do with that film. Why? Because that's the sort of thing that you're... Is this because you're coming a father again? You've gone all sentimental? No, it's just that's the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah, well, that's why you shouldn't say the first thing that pops into your head, should you? That's why you're you always getting in trouble I'm with your outbursts. What were you saying last week? You said something in the paper like, you know, bring back hanging. or <laughs> give people an half a million pound reward if their hang relatives get hang, hang on a minute. If I ever, right, yeah. get elevated to my rightful position <laughs> PM in this country, yeah. I, that would be passed by ten past nine on the first morning. Hanging? Hanging. What? Why? 
What do you think? Too much crime in this country, that's why. You don't really do that. A lot of it was done I've by you. Enough, <laughs> I've had enough of walking down the street and seeing Evening Standard special old man kicked to death for pot noodle. <laughs> right? Yeah, that is bad. Sorry, I don't know why I laughed at that. Yeah, well, you, and you laugh and all that because you were a crackhead and all that, and they kind of. You yeah, were a burglar! And all that. I know burgle people. I had to. to the gallows. You knee jerk right wing lunatic. What do you send people to the gallows for? They probably had difficult childhoods. Now everyone's going to. Listen, yeah. I'll end up writing for the Daily Mail in my old age. You probably will. Them. You're yeah, like Oswald Mosley. You're yeah, on such right wing extremism. I don't care. Get them on. Get them on. Yeah, but would you all be able. Hold up, Noel. Would you be able to pull the switch or the lever on hanging people? If you had to. Obviously, I would make you do that. <laughs> you'd, have to you'd, have to, you'd have to wrestle with your little skinny jeaned conscience. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to do this because it's, oh, it's all sexual, but I don't want to do it because I'm so right on. Well, I'd make you do it. And I knew. I'm not here. What? I'm, I am. I'm ultra liberal. I wouldn't be involved in no hanging of people. Hang I'm on a minute. Hey. You've done a few drugs, it doesn't yeah. make you right on, and you're, like, you're going, oh, I can't do them anymore, oh, I can't drink lager anymore because I might go and rob a porno, man. <laughs> that doesn't make you right on. Drugs are bad, incidentally, if you are listening to this radio show, they're bad for you. Bad, don't do drugs, this is just uh, a private contest. Kids, and if you want to know how bad drugs are, look at a picture of Russell Brand, he's in recovery. <laughs> <laughs> you spiteful, because, vindictive because man. Eventually, kids... They turn you into a wannabe goth. Oh, that's a <laughs> nasty thing to say. Yeah, also, while we're on the subject of hanging or drifting away from it, I don't think they should have hung Saddam Hussein because I liked him. Not that like I think he'd done terrible things, but I think he looked a bit like Father Christmas. You know and I should have let him off. I'm about as bothered as what goes on in Iraq as I'm bothered about what, what goes on at Old Trafford. <laughs> you are lovely, aren't you? You are meant to quote. We could just write a tabloid based on the last minute of what you've said. I'll pull the switch myself. I'll make you <laughs> angry people. I don't I care what happens in Iraq. Schmagdad, schmagdad, whatever. <laughs> oh, crikey. <laughs> no, I think I should leave you to take some Alka-Seltzer and have a cuddle with uh, mum-to-be Sarah McDonald. I'm well, actually holding hands with her right now. We're, oh. going, we're actually... Good, Sarah, quick, no, let's come no, by her. No, no, no. Go on. No, she don't like it. Look at him drunk and <laughs> bullying his wife. No, Stop it, she's it. pregnant. Right, she now. Is, she is pregnant, and actually. Yeah. She's actually become my own MILF. You've got, mmm, dirty devil. Don't say MILF on Radio 2 because people will work out what the anacronym means and they'll do a swear word in their mind and we'll be responsible for it. Noel, thank you for your call and for your toxic views. I didn't, I didn't call you. No, no, thank you for your, you called me. Oh, yeah. All right, thanks for answering the call for a change and thank you for your extremist <laughs> Enoch Powell style views. Uh, yeah, on, yeah, uh, hey, that's Enoch Powell stuff, man. Do you know what I mean? I'm just talking about something crime, that's all. <laughs> You're not Batman. You can't just go <laughs> swaggering in the streets with bonehead and a chainsaw. Captain <laughs> Manchester. I'll have a big seal with the game in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be lovely. What a wonderful world that would be. We've had Jonathan Ross on here. Effing and seeing, we've had Gallagher saying that people need to be hung. I don't know, what a show it's been. Noel, right. thank you very much for your contribution. I'll talk to you later. Best of luck with your endeavours. I've got to get to, I've got to leave soon, so I've got to get to Upton Park, see the Amers turn over Borough. Russell? Yeah? Keep on singing in the rain. <laughs> thank you very much. See God later, bless mate. you. See you later. Take it see easy. Noel. Bye, bye. There he goes, Noel Gallagher. Mr. Nibs is here with the fish. Have we got time for one more song, then to wrap things up with Nibs and Mr. G? Okay, what are we going to listen to? Ah, Crosstown Traffic. Yeah. Oh, cheer us right up. Yeah, a bit of Hendrix. About time, too. Crosstown Traffic. Jiminy Hendrix there. This is Russell Brand on Radio 2, and what a show it's been. It's been Noel Gallagher. Well, what, some of the things he said about hanging. Unbelievable. Jonathan Ross calling Duncan Bannatyne all the seas under the sun. Come on, and we're the ones who are 
they say. Controversial risky. and risky. Unbelievable. These elder statesmen of rock and television, respectively, coming in here, lowering the tone. Now, Mr. Nibs is returned from his odyssey. By God, what a lad he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! Mr. Nibs, what a bounty. So you have Christoph with you. Yeah. How was he on the journey? Yeah, he's quite good. Yeah, I was speaking Welsh to him and that teaching him a bit of Welsh, you know. You do realise that the fish don't have the capacity for language. Alright. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> why have you put leaves in with him? Um, Deborah brought the leaves with him. Deborah, the maniac woman who had yeah. him before, who was going to kill him just because his wife died. Yeah, why are there leaves? Deborah showed me uh, her fishnets. She showed you her fishnets? And she wanted me to get my um, bait out and everything. Is, what's this? Is this some <laughs> joke she's worked out on the way <laughs> yeah. up here? I knew her. What yeah. on earth are you doing? Fishnets? Get my bait out? Yeah. Unbelievable. She wanted to give me a whale at the time. Oh, God. Oh! Nips! <laughs> Listen, your jurisdiction is to come here and look after Christoph the fish. We don't want you coming here regarding us with abysmal puns. He's warming up for another one. Is that it? Do we get him all off your chest? Another one, yeah. Right, and then that's it. No more yeah. puns after this. And this is only because you're 18 yeah. and you've gone all the way to Birmingham for us to collect a fish. But no more puns, all right, Mr. Nibs? One more. Go on then, do it. Well, I, I told you, I came to get a fish, not to get crabs. Oh, oh best wow. one, save the best for last, <laughs> Good, but yeah. still rubbish. Okay, <laughs> um, now, Mr. now, listeners of our show, remember, we need you to call up and leave, uh, no, we need you to email us and leave your phone number so we can contact you for pre-recorded shows. We also need you to, what's the other thing? Give us a bloody fishbowl. We ain't got a fishbowl, he's in a lunchbox. He's stupid, <laughs> he's in a Tupperware box, like a woman will bring around your house. He looks stupid. Right, so get, um, can you give us a fishbowl, please, and fish accessories, send them us. At Radio 2. Also, you can email me at bbc.co.uk. I think it's russell.brand or something, can it? That doesn't um, really matter, does Have it? a look at the website, but tell it, leave us phone numbers because we need people to call to give us content and everything. And yeah, send us fish accessories on the show. Now, Mr. G will summarise the show with a brilliant poem which will be on our bloggy bloggy later in the week. Also, what's the other thing I want to mention? Oh, download the podcast, keep us number one. Hand over to Mr. G. This poem is entitled Out of His Tree. From a seed to a sapling, it happens so fast, and branches stretch out as does this broadcast. From a sapling to a tree, have we reached maturity as we relieve a cowboy agent of his client's celebrity? Watch the wind blow through the leaves haunted by the captain of the seas. In the land of cashew-shaped digits, afflicted fishes have been reprieved. The visa's finally been released. Now Russell's free to star in his own period drama. The world's most conscious jogger donning tennis gear like body armour. What more can you ask for? Any offence we sincerely refute. Trust me, his bark is worse than his bites from his leaves to his roots. A bit of poetry from a poet. What more do you want? Poet Laureate Mr G there. Check out his blog in the week. BBC.co.uk. Do remember to send us messages. Mr Nibs will be expecting you to be here at future broadcast tending to that fish. And <laughs> other keen listeners of Radio 2, do let us know if Wogan does anything odd to that fish or anyone else who uses this studio. Keep a keen ear on the station. Thank you very much for listening. Did you enjoy the show, Matty Morgan? Oh, I loved it. What a show it's been. Join us next week for more antics. It'll be hilarious. Look out in the paper in case some more stuff happens with Bannatyne and Noel Gallagher and everything. Boy, I love you, boy, boy! <laughs>